Washed Up Emo sponsors New Belgium Brewing are celebrating their 30th anniversary as a company. To celebrate, they're releasing Wild Ride Amber IPA, a happy tribute to their iconic fat tire. Even better, New Belgium Brewing are giving away bikes and gear all year. Find out more information by visiting newbelgium.com. chat about some uh, bands that uh, we find very, um, I don't know, not on the not on the top ten list of people when they mention emo bands or uh, post-hardcore kind of stuff, and uh, um, both Ray and I diligently found some um, bands that you might not have heard about, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll play some uh, songs from it and put up all the links on um, the site so you can check out these bands as well, but hopefully uh, you'll dig some of these. Yeah, I, I like to refer to this as the buried treasure episode. I, that's a very good name for it, because <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's so since this genre of music was so uh, obviously hot for you know a few years, because of that you saw you know like second and third wave type bands just as like obviously you saw that with ska, and so it's like because of that, I'm sure there's there's so many bands that have been like swept under the rug that it's like they released a seven inch and everyone's like. I, you know, it gets buried in 99 cent bins across the country. And so it's like, but some of that is actually good. I agree. I agree 100%. Do you want to start off, Ray? Sure, why not? <clears throat> uh, the first artist I wanted to highlight is uh, a guy named uh, Christopher Astrom uh, and his band Hidden Truck. Um, he is the vocalist for the band Fireside, which I know is. A little more uh, well known within the emo post hardcore community as basically being the Swedish version of quicksand. Um, that's exactly how they got described to me, and that's exactly how I got into them. Um, <clears throat> and so this got pointed out to me from a co worker when I used to work at an independent record store. Um, he, uh, yeah, basically he just, alongside of Fireside, he just kind of did his own solo project um, that explored a bunch of different. Sonic landscapes, because um, you know a lot of his, a lot of these solo records kind of run the gamut from um, really sad and depressing to you know kind of more pop oriented. Dude's actually won like a few Grammys in Sweden, um, and this this project lives on. Whereas Fireside kind of releases a record like once every four years. Um, he seems to be pretty prolific in this. I think he has like nine full lengths or something. Anyways. Um, the we're gonna play a track off the record called "Go Went Gone" and it's super depressing. Um, he, the whole entire record is about a divorce of his, um, and he, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just very honest and plain in his speak about how much he hates that person. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and it's it like when you first listen to it, it makes you feel a little uncomfortable because you're just like, 
um you know it's like songs like you know why are your arms not around me like why are they around someone else and just like oh god like i'm sorry dude <laughs> but um but because of that it's like you can tell it's very honest and um yeah and on, obviously honesty makes very good music so that is my first recommendation and we'll listen to a little bit of it here That was a fantastic song. Not gonna lie, it's. Uh, I, I think uh, I think most people would appreciate it uh, in the uh, exactly who we're trying to appeal to. So yes, people. What do, what do, you, what do, you, what do you got for us, Tom? I I believe everyone is nodding their head at this yes. at this moment. <laughs> the collective the collective nod. Um, the first one I wanted to mention um, was filmmaker. Um, a friend um, at a Canadian college radio station when I was doing college radio found out i was into this genre and said have you ever heard of filmmaker i hadn't he sent me the record um and uh, amazing um i i think you know i think they released um an ep and a full length um it was released on this record label far away records that um released some other great bands um and it was like early 2001 2002 um, and it's when I kind of did some more searching in the last week or so just to see if anything was bubbling up. There's still people talking about them. There's still people asking um, <laughs> about them. And um, um, they're from Saskatchewan, so I'm sure, you know, it was tough for them to tour probably and get out. So I don't, that's why I think a lot of people didn't hear about them. Um, but uh, the song is uh, Sing to You, um, which is like, was one of my, actually still is a huge song I put on like mix CDs or mix um, records um, for people. And it's just a really sweet sort of love song. Yeah, I, 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 remember, I remember I discovered this band because, uh, again, working at an independent record store, you get like, this is when record labels actually sent out like physical promos <laughs> and uh i just remember getting this package and being like oh okay like usually you know 90 percent of the time i didn't listen to this stuff if i wasn't already familiar with it um but this time a promo actually worked <laughs> and i listened to it and was like yo this is really good and yeah i did 
your your description is completely right on. And the band that I thought it always sounded like was Bythread. And just because being from Canada as well, um, that's you know I was kind of put it, put those two bands together. But yeah, the records always sounded phenomenal. That that was the first thing that like jumped out. Where it's like, geez, dude, this is like a total independent record label and a total indie band that you know clearly doesn't have a big budget, but they're able to make this record sound amazing. Yeah, they're they're definitely a band that you know I think did it right, and if I mean maybe a couple turns one way or another, they would have been um, right there with everybody else. So for sure, cool. And yeah, not, not being from the middle of Canada, like you said. <laughs> yeah, that that definitely doesn't help. <laughs> so yeah, the song is uh, "Sing to You." Stars on a clear night, see them pass us by. Brace yourself for a long drive. Try to rest your tired eyes. you got ray um next is a band um i don't even know where they were from i think they were from new jersey but i could be completely wrong um a band called garden variety um they put out a few records on cargo um oddly enough like around the same time that like blink just started to put out records on cargo (laughs) when they were just called blink as opposed to blink 182 and i still have the original Blink Cheshire Cat on tape. I'm just waiting for the right time to sell it on eBay. Nice. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, uh, Garden Variety. Uh, I don't don't know much about this band besides uh, I got introduced to them via the Antimatter compilation, which I know you spoke about on the podcast before. Um, and that comp is, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. It's easily one of the best of all time in my opinion and opened my eyes to bands that I might not have listened to in the first place um and yeah so we'll we'll play that song new guitar parts and um their their full lengths are equally as good um they have two if i'm not mistaken um and but yeah this song just like summarizes it uh, in particular and it's it's really weird because it's like i i never know how to describe this band it's like they're kind of jangly, um, like like drive like Jehu, except not as aggressive. Um, but then they have elements of you know like Appleseed Cast before you know because Garden Variety existed before Appleseed Cast, and so 
there's just a bunch of different things going on, but um, they're able to do it in a really cool manner. So yeah, the song's called New Guitar Parts. get into them at all or listen to them? I mean, I had the Antimander comp, um, but it wasn't anything where, I mean, I knew about them and I listened to it, but it wasn't anything that like blew me away. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah. No, and, and that's the thing where I think like this song, to me, this song is the best thing that they've ever done. And then I, I got the full lengths and I was like, yeah, those are like, those are good. But this song in particular where it was just like, wow, like they were able to harness. I mean, it's like a five minute long song too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not a, it's not easy to write five minute long songs. Yeah, no. <laughs> cool. Um, what do you uh, What do you got, Tom? Um, this other band that uh, literally just you know got the CD um, in the mail um, at the radio station in college. A band, or was it college? Or was it after? Uh, my mind is completely obviously <laughs> washed up. Emo is many things, and it's also forgetful. Um, <laughs> the band is My Hotel Year, and they were from Florida. Um, and I look, you know, around from like the early two thousands. Um, and they, I didn't even know this until I started researching, because obviously sometimes you just don't pay attention. But I didn't realize that they had a release via Doghouse. Um, oh, and, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I totally forgot. Um, and that they toured with May, which I hadn't—I completely forgot too. So um, we should just call this the forgetful podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for that, um, for that um, band, I mean, I, 
the first record, um, it's called The Composition of Ending and Phrasing, um, is awesome. Uh, I just think the they just were coming at it from the right place, um, you know, um, like, you know, No Knife, Mock Orange, Branston kind of stuff, just, it just came from a really cool place, and I don't know, I don't think a lot of people talk about them, and I've played them, um, on the washed up emo, like, um, DJ night in New York here. And, um, you get a few people perking their ears and kind of wondering what it is, but, um, never kind of hit where even maybe Branston is known or mock orange. Um, it never really kind of hit. Um, so I'm just going to play it, you know, tune from that record and hopefully you guys uh, dig. I don't know if you remember them Ray at all or. Yeah. Didn't they? <clears throat> the only thing that I remember, I never personally listened to them, but didn't they do a split with the movie life? I think. Or I don't know why I, I feel like they have an affiliation with the movie life, but hmm. eh, I don't know. Or actually, I'm thinking of another band called X Number Five. They ah, did. X Number Five. Yes. 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 Not not my hotel year. So everyone yeah. is shaking their head. I know. In <laughs> shame. In shame. So yeah. Tom is educating me just as much as he's, as he's educating our audience as well. Uh, we were always learning. Yeah, so this is uh, one of the tracks um, off composition of ending and phrasing. Tom is a curator of not sucking. (laughs) Your your next one, Ray, I think we both have a couple of stories for, so this will be a fun one. Yes, this this one I think I think falls like I would say, like whereas the bands that we were bands and artists we were listening before probably fall on like the C list where it's like 
you know, a lot of people haven't heard of them. And the only way that you would hear about them is like a friend of a friend or whatever. This I definitely think falls in like a B list where more people know who they are, but I think that their their legacy just doesn't live on. I don't know. It's it's weird. Like a lot of people forget about this band, but uh, the band's called J June, um, and the record uh, that I really enjoyed was Junk. They put out uh, two full lengths, a decent amount of splits, and um, they at one point they had people that lived in San Diego and Boston, and they were kind of you know doing the whole cross country thing, and then they all eventually ended up moving to San Diego. Um, so being from Southern California, I saw them a lot. Um, and I always thought that they were really, really good. They, their last full length, um, that <clears throat> this afternoon's malady, um, I, I enjoyed, but it wasn't that good. Um, junk definitely hit a lot of notes that I was really personally a fan of. And, um, yeah, I just, I just think this, I, this band is interesting because they're, you know, people really don't ever reference them anymore <laughs> or really remember them. Um. And I think I don't really know a reason why because I thought that they were always really good. They and, they 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 were referenced, um, and just to give a quick, I mean, it, girl vocals, yes. um, high and lows, soft, loud. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of I thought they were referenced a ton back. Um, I think you know late '90s, early 2000s, but definitely it's faded. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I mean that's because that's that time is kind of when they started to become obviously like more inactive and break up and stuff. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, bands like, you know, Raina Maria, people would compare them to, and, you know, just primarily because of the female vocals. And it, it did not hurt that I personally found the vocal, the girl vocalist of J June, very attractive Araby. If she's, if she's out there, I'm personally, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm married now and I think that'd be inappropriate, but, uh, you know, my wife, my wife knows that I always uh, found her uh, attractive, even though she wasn't, she wasn't one of those typical like you know whatever emo beauties, so to speak. But she was, she was an attractive girl. So good job, Araby. <laughs> yeah, and this this band influenced the band I was in in college, and it was the reason why we had a girl vocal, um, girl lead oh, vocals, which nice. at some point we will not play it um, ever. But uh, the the band um, that I was in in college, we were influenced heavily by. J- um, I say Jejun, but it's. I'm sure it's just like I had a debate about Gloria Record and Gloria Record, but at least I didn't call up the label and ask them. <laughs> wait, so wait, you called it Gloria Record? Yeah, and I, I told you, what podcast, what, the Miss a podcast you weren't on, I, call, I told a story where I called Crank uh-huh. and asked the pronunciation in college. Holy shit, good job. <laughs> You're like, yo, I need to go speak to this list. Let me get to the bottom of this. I did. I called. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I. For some reason, I just at least in the Southern California area, everybody that I know referenced them as J June. But J June also. I mean, it's tomato tomato. Same yes, thing. Yes. Same thing. We're just we're just debating over things that no one else is. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but after all, that's what makes podcasts so special. <laughs> uh, um, so I I don't know what song you were gonna pick for them, but um, I you, would I would vote for Grayscale. Pick. Grayscale is a good song, and I, I, you had to jog my memory that that was actually the song title. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. but yes, no, we'll, we'll play Grayscale because that is a good song. Nice.
funny thing about that uh, Grayscale song is when I used to listen to it um, in like on tape, I think, um, in my parents' car or whatever it was, I would be back home or something, and it'd be like super snowy in Vermont, and I would just like you'd listen to it, and there's a part of this, the part of the and en- the end of the song where it kind of leaps again and gets really epic. I always thought that would be an amazing like movie. It should be in a movie somewhere. So oh, I think yeah. like at some point, like I don't know, it'd be really amazing if some. Uh, director had some emo past and threw that in a movie because then people because i feel like it'd be like that bohemian rhapsody kind of thing where right. <laughs> it'd be like holy shit what is this i mean obviously it's not produced as well as bohemian rhapsody but yeah no that i i totally agree there's like and i don't know why this just triggered my memory but the just recently saw that movie the girl with the dragon tattoo um and speaking of like random bands that are in like not the actual soundtrack but that that were sort of featured in the movie there's this random band from sweden called coma uh it features members of like refused and cult of luna um they were at one point they were kind of popular in europe but i think they might have broken up now but they play them in the movie at like you know one part where the main character goes to visit like a hacker buddy and it was one of those things that you just like you know out of nowhere it gets played and i was like holy shit like that's that band and it's like i think if this were to happen for jejun like you know there'd be at least 10 of us across the country being like dude that's jejun with without a doubt 10 people yeah <laughs> exactly but then who knows it could it, maybe it could be a, a bohemian rhapsody uh resurgence in jejun's popularity because of the song what what do you have in the in your buried treasure box uh next one is i think a band you know as well and you can help me um is pictures can tell um and i was i was looking at it last fm just to see how many plays um and <laughs> about 2000 plays 58 listeners so not bad, not bad. <laughs> obscure and the photo used for their artist is a used cd with the three dollars written over it so <laughs> if that doesn't fit in with the category of what we're talking about right now yeah. nothing does. yeah i don't really think i i think i hit it right on the head yes you um did. uh great band uh that i like randomly got um, over the years and it kind of stuck and actually I was back over Christmas and I found the CD in one of my boxes and didn't believe that I couldn't believe I hadn't you know ripped it um, <laughs> and so yeah it's um, you know um, sounds like luck luck of Aaliyah Midvale um, just that very Midwest um, emo kind of stuff and I got I got a Christy front drive drive vibe from them as well yes like, elements of it where yeah because i think that's what intrigued me about the band when i first heard them as well it was like oh this is like this is cool because i think they were from like the denver colorado area possibly mm-hmm. or that's actually i just it randomly hit me i think the name of the record label that released their stuff is a label called Brerburn records maybe um but i have no idea yeah and some hopefully some listener out there is like no, it's. I this know. Thing. Yeah, please yell at your computer right now at us. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and email the show because we we appreciate the feedback. But uh, yeah, that's that's what originally intrigued me about them. I was like, oh, this sounds kind of it has that Christy Front Drive vibe, and a lot of bands were. I think a lot of bands are still intimidated by trying to sound like Christy Front Drive because they had so much going on for them, and not not if they're in a foreign country. Um, I found that they're like. I, I posted about this band from Russia that literally uh-huh. rips off, 
you know, all these bands, but they're coming from the right place and it's great. And so I think, I think, I think you're right that there was that time period where if you did copy it, you got sort of, oh, come on. But, (laughs) but I think if, uh, I think maybe if you're in a foreign country, it really, uh, it, it, it it doesn't apply. It's just if you're here in the states or Canada, we're just gonna yeah. judge you. We're we're and gonna we're, judge you harder. It, <laughs> totally, we're super judgmental. We, we give we give passes to foreign countries because we view them as always being like five to ten years behind. So, <laughs> which is totally fine. Yes, exactly. Because we're behind on a lot of things too. 100%. Soccer, soccer. We have, we 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 call it soccer. It's called football. F- football. S- football. So we're behind on that. So it goes both ways. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, the song, um, actually, I don't, what song am I going to play? Hmm. Just play any song. How about, how about wash our hands and walk away? I won't say no to that. Okay. Fantastic. That's why we're friends. hyper local uh, recommendation like honestly if anybody beside anybody outside of the radius of 50 miles of Orange County in LA if anybody knows this band I would be astonished because I'm fairly certain that they never toured um, <clears throat> but their name is indicative of exactly what was happening within the you know mid 90s emo scene uh, 100 words for snow um, which like you, you almost cry at the end of that band name um, <clears throat> they they just did something because especially in Southern California there was a ton of bands that were doing this whole you know emo thing and a lot of it was you know either pretty terrible or completely unoriginal um, but 100 Words for Snow it's like they had elements of Elliot mixed with um, 
you know, mixed with some of the stuff that like, you know, maybe earlier Jimmy Eat World, like, you know, Static Prevails, where it's like they were a little screamy, but not, you know, not aggro. Um, and so it's like they, they, they bordered between like being aggressive and being, um, you know, thoughtful about their music. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I, I have no idea the names of their songs, so I'm just going to randomly send Tom a song to play and uh, we'll play a portion of that. And if you randomly remember the band, <clears throat> reach out because I, I would like to reminisce besides the other friends that I saw this band play with. <laughs> but yeah, 100 Words First Down, here's a song. That was a nice jam. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun seeing them. Nice. Um, the next one uh, for me is um, the Cotton Weary. Um, I'm gonna. This is again. I was looking in this box. This this it was uh, plastic case, paper cover. Um, I can't find much about them. The only thing I could f- find out um, that I could even remember um, was I found they're from Long Island and they were on this specific wiki it's described as emo and sleepcore have you ever heard of sleepcore whoa never heard of that sleep sleepcore sleepcore sounds terrible yeah it sounds like a horrible time but um they were around from 97 to 2002 three eps comp- bunch of compilations and they were signed to break even records which obviously i guess didn't break even because it's not around anymore <laughs> um maybe nice. it is and i feel bad if someone they're probably really loaded um um, but I can kind of, they, I guess I'm just going to give a little background for everybody. It looks like they four song cassette, um, entitled the first to come in last. Come on. Um, <laughs> so uh, good. uh, let's see. Um, yeah. Oh, this is, this is why I brought it up. So, um, one of the guys went on and founded in script manuscript, which or oh. sorry, encrypt manuscript, which had a little bit of a you know six months worth of uh, people caring, um, and then another guy joined Breaking Pangea. Um, ah. So there's sort of some of the um, uh, tentacles from that band, um, but 
really, really, really emotional stuff. Um, and like I said, I don't even have the track names. It literally was like a, a burn. Um, so I don't even know what EP I have, but it's uh, there's some great songs in there. So uh, um, I'm learning just as much as you guys, but I thought it was definitely obscure um, that I couldn't find anything about them, but it definitely fits in the mold and it was around the same time frame. So um, we'll play a song off whatever whatever EP I have. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I've never heard of the band either, so this this will be an introduction. You're the first renewable. You're more important than me. You're the first renewable. You're more important than me. Long Island, uh, a band called Inside. Um, I know there's a there's a lot of other random insides that are floating around now. I know there's a uh, Tokyo Straight Edge band called Inside. <laughs> nice, but yeah, but Inside will always be this band for me. Um, <clears throat> they had uh, they released a few records on a label from Southern California called Redwood Records, um, and it was it was kind of you know the buzz here in Southern California because. This label Redwood was pretty successful um, in their own right as far as releasing stuff primarily from Southern California, um, and they really did do the whole emo thing very well. And then when they signed a band that wasn't from here, everyone was like, "What? Like, what are you doing?" And then um, Inside came out on tour out here with um, Elliot, um, and it just like once they played, I mean. I just always remember it was always funny because, you know, you have a band that comes through on tour and no one knows what they sound like, but they have their merch set up in the corner and no one is there. Like, you know, they look like lepers in the corner. Everyone's just like, oh, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to buy their merch. I don't know what they sound like. And then after they play, it's like you have to, you know, fight over kids in order to get to the merch table. I just always love that experience of like collectively finding out about a band and everyone's like, I need a shirt, I need your seven inch, I need this. And it's like, because you got to look cool tomorrow. Um, 
And so that exa- that's exactly what happened for the band. And uh, they have um, they have a lot of post-hardcore elements to it. The vocalist, a lot of people can either take it or leave it. A lot of people were annoyed by how sort of whiny and high-pitched his voice was. Um, and I totally get that. I can't argue with you <laughs> because it is. Um, but it was it was just really powerful uh, at the time. And I could still listen to it and... Um, remember back to that time and be like hey that was really good um so they had you know a lot of using elements of bands like you know filmmaker by a thread where it's like it had that that post hardcore feel but um you you were familiar with this band tom yeah a a, a girlfriend in college was from long island and had made some mixtapes and put them on there um and uh you know instantly hit me um where this like this band's amazing and um, so, and we got to be a really big fan of them and had their records and stuff. But the funny story I wanted to tell you is the, I've told, I had saves a day, um, play at this pizza place, um, you know, uh, in my college town, it was right as through being cool was breaking such a fun time. I was, we were picking records to play in between bands and I put on the inside record mm-hmm. and the bass player, Eben, um, like literally looks to me and says, who the fuck put this on? And I went, I did. He's like, you know, inside, like he was, he's like, I never thought I would ever hear someone playing inside in between bands. Like he was just like beside Blown himself. Away. Yeah. And fast forward, like, you know, eight or nine years, um, I'm hanging out. I, now I'm forgetting who it was, but they, this person, we ended up, you know, talking about saves a day. They were friends with Eben and we started talking about that show and he's like wait a minute i don't believe you so he like texted evan and he texted him hey um i'm hanging out with um tom the from the pizza place show who played inside and he was like <laughs> two seconds later yo what up like oh my god so that was obviously like he remembered that, <laughs> that right, someone right. so anyway long story short uh people from long island uh definitely uh we're, we're supportive of that band and i mean yeah. obviously with it being i mean i thought it was weird too that redwood put it out and it was like across the country because yeah. now it seems so simple that you know i could have a you know a, a japanese label put out my record and it doesn't matter but you kind of had to have that connection and to have you know three thousand miles between you was a i think different back then yeah no totally and that's 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 an important part i think for people to understand that it wasn't uh it really did like cause a ruckus when you know especially label like independent labels like you know larger labels like equal vision and that type of stuff you understood why they signed bands across the country because they got submissions from everywhere you know and bands wanted to be on that label um as opposed to these smaller ones where it was just kind of like oh, why would you sign that band? And, like, why would you put this much money into it if, like, you know, you've only met the guys once or whatever? Um, but, yeah, so I definitely think that this band, like, like, like you, you know, you had your experience with them. Like, there's just, they don't, no one ever remembers this band. No one ever speaks about them. And, um, yeah, we'll just, we'll play a song off of their first record, which is, like, a collection of a bunch of seven inches. Um, and I remember this was probably one of the worst seven inch covers of all time. They did like a limited cover, uh, release cover for, uh, one of their first seven inches. And it was, uh, you know, the, the old Intel logo, um, where it said like Intel inside, you know, like the computer company. Um, and then it said inside and then it said emo underneath it. And it was just but a rip off of that logo. And you just look at it now and I'm like, holy shit, like that just, that just reeks of like, 
you could do that. It, it, you could do that for six months without people being like, "That's the worst thing ever." Um, but yeah, so we'll play a song off that first collection. Uh, it's called Seven Inches to Wall Drug." And if I asked you to climb my highest mountain, would you try? And if I asked you to reach beyond the stars, would you fly? Take me with you. Take me from this place. But if I asked you to stay here, would you stay here? My They definitely influenced movie life, Taking Back yes. Sunday, all that stuff. They were exactly. definitely. That's why I think it was, you know, so um, influential, and I think why maybe that's the story of Eben remembering that. I mean, that was like that. It maybe it was such a huge influence on everybody out there. Which... Yeah, no, it it could very well be because it's like they were definitely you know touring the country before, you know, a lot of those bands were able to or even existed, obviously. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, anytime bands were able to kind of put themselves together and actually tour. And like I said, they, they toured out here with Elliot, like, you know, people were excited to see Elliot. So it was like a perfect combo of bands to like go out with where it's like, they actually, they helped each other in a way, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, and I think they're out of all the bands we're probably mentioning today that this is the one that might be the one that most people remember. But if you don't, this is the first one you should listen to. One hundred percent. Yeah, word. Yeah, and I, I got. Uh, you I got, got one my, more, right? I got one more. I'm sorry, I'm one-upping you, Tom. But, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> this is just a. It was one of those things that it. I randomly found in my iTunes, like I don't know, about two months ago, and it was like I've been listening to it a lot um, over the past two months. It's this band um, called Sleeper Set Sail. Um, they're from like the sort of the Toronto, um, Ontario, Canada area. Um, and I got tipped to them because um, my old band used to do a lot of touring up in that southern Ontario area. And for whatever reason, we did really well. So, um, you know, like we played up there a lot because people actually enjoyed us up there. So you go where your fans are, right? <laughs> um, and this band, they never opened for us, but I just, they, uh, they gave me like, you know, their demo CD or whatever. Um, and it was like, it, at the time, I was also working at a record label. Um, and I, I wanted to sign this band after listening to their EP. It was just like, 
it was so uh, moody and um, there was there's elements of you know what like a lot of instrumental bands are doing now like explosions in the sky um, but then they had um, I, you know I'm gonna reference Christy front drive again because it had sort of that atmospheric uh, vocal quality and um, in particular there's this song called patterns in your dash um, that was just like it's it's like a seven and a half minute long song, so it's a it's a it's a long thing to chew on, um, but it's just incredible because they have these crescendos and yeah, it's definitely uh, cinematic in quality, kind of like we were saying about J June and Grayscale or not Grayscale in particular, but another song. Um, so yeah, I just it, again, it's nothing is more exciting than kind of getting that random thing and being like, holy shit, like this is unbelievable. Um, and that's exactly what this band did. So, yeah, we'll play a song called Patterns in Your Dash. That was off their first EP. Um, and I th- I'm fairly certain that they re-recorded it for um, a later full length. But if they didn't, then just enjoy this song. Some of the dudes, uh, as a random side note, some of the dudes uh, also now, uh, at times, they play in uh, Dallas Green's uh, City and Color project, um, which I shouldn't even call it a project anymore because it's a band. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely his full-time thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, quite popular. Um, but yeah, so there's, I think there's a song off the first City and Color full-length called Casey's Song, and that's actually the vocalist of Sleeper Set Sail, um, and he like played guitar on certain portions of the record and stuff so and this sleeper set sale existed from like i don't know about 2000 till about uh or maybe a little bit earlier but they were a little later uh you know so they already had been influenced by a lot of the bands that we were speaking of you know prior and in prior shows as well so 
a little modern tip, so to speak. So um, nice. Well, I think I think we have a great list for everybody to check out some of the tracks, and we'll put up the links to. Um, we'll have everything you know listed uh, when you check out the site, um, so you can listen to these bands and uh, and uh, explore. Yeah, do your do your homework, right? Because <laughs> this is this is fun homework as opposed to the real homework, which sucks. Yes. Yeah, I actually had fun doing this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, well, thank you, Tom. Thanks for uh, entertaining me and uh, educating me. No problem. We will we will do this again soon. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. And if there's comments, suggestions, you want to um, tell that we're completely wrong about a band, or you guys miss this, or you suck, like feel free. I am old enough and um, deaf enough to listen to everything that you guys say. So. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead and berate Tom on washabeamer.com. It's fine. Hello, Washed Up Emo fans. Thank you for listening to this podcast over the last nine plus years. Or if it's your first time, welcome. It has flown by and I appreciate each and every one of you for listening. And for this current episode you're about to hear, I do have a favor of you. I have some books out right now called Anthology of Emo. And volume two was released last fall. I really think you'll dig it if you haven't heard of them. It features guests from the podcast, including Jim Atkins from Jimmy World, Chris Conley from Saves the Day, Travis Shettle from Piebald, and John Bunch from Sensefield. I've also printed volume one so you can order both check out the diy publishing at anthologyofemo.com